Hello, my friends, and welcome again to the DDP. I am Paul White. It is the second day of June. Uh, we are in Wallaceburg, Ontario, Canada this weekend doing meetings tonight. We have a meeting in the morning, Saturday night, and then Sunday morning. And then next weekend, we are in Wisconsin with uh, Mark and Valerie Testerman. Check our website, paulwhiteministries.com. We've got uh, event pages of these up on Facebook. Uh, you can find out how to get to these meetings and be with us this weekend and next weekend. Uh, then we're coming up on um, our monthly meeting. will be the fourth weekend of the month. We'll be meeting in uh, Chapin on the fourth Friday night of the month. And we've got some stuff coming up on the calendar in July, so check it all out. Good things on the way. Let's close out your work week, your Friday, with... Uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 6. Here's a little pretext because it's jumping in right at the... It's, it's at a conjunction. Jesus opens the phrase with the, with the words, but from the beginning. So that's not going to do us any good. Jesus has been asked by a group of Pharisees, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? Mark tells you that they're testing him. So Mark is trying to present this as a test to Jesus. Jesus then returns the question with a question. We talked about this yesterday, what Moses command. And, of course, that's Jesus indicating that what Moses commands is what Moses commands, but might not necessarily be what God had designed. That leads us to the sixth verse. But God, from the beginning of the creation, from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. That's a direct pull, actually, that made them male and female, is a pull from Genesis 1.27. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, that's Genesis 2.24, and the two of them shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but they are one flesh. Paul will pick this up in Ephesians 5 and tell us that the mystery of how a man and a woman can be or become one flesh is actually fulfilled in Christ in that the church becomes the flesh of Jesus on the earth. We become the body of Christ. It seems to be Paul in Ephesians 5 trying to make sense of what didn't seem to make sense to him. And that's how a man and a woman's union would make them one flesh, even though we know they're two bodies the man's body and the woman's body doesn't become one body when they're married, but it does, in illustrative purposes, show us that Christ is the head and then the church is the body. Verse 9, therefore what God has joined together, let not man separate. So Jesus is actually contrasting Moses and God. This is an interesting, to me this is an intriguing way of understanding the Old Testament. Sometimes you have to contrast what you read in the law with what you see in Jesus. And so he says, God joined them together. Don't let man separate them. Okay, Moses tells you you can divorce, uh, certificate of divorce and dismisser. God joins them together. Don't let man separate it. Then they leave it alone because really all they're asking Jesus is, is it lawful for a man to divorce? And Jesus is saying, well, according to Moses, it's lawful, but God had something else to say. That causes the disciples to question him in private. In verse 10, the disciples ask him again about the same matter. 
And he said to them, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. If a woman divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. I, I don't want to repeat what we said yesterday to set this up. Suffice to say, don't take condemnation from the words of Jesus. Take the heart of the Father from the words of Jesus. The heart of the Father precedes Moses' permission under the law to divorce. The problem with Moses' permission is that it was a one-way permission, too. Women did not have the right to divorce men. Men had the right to divorce women, and that men could divorce women under the law for anything. They were also, divorce was required under the law because of promiscuity or adultery. Required. Jesus is trying to release people from the law. Why? Read it again. Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if a man divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. Well, under the law, they had to divorce under certain circumstances. They could divorce under other circumstances. Jesus is releasing his audience from the law going, divorce is not an inevitable outcome. It is not even a required outcome. God's heart is man and woman united and that to go outside of that would be to commit adultery. This is why I keep circling back to don't take the words of Jesus as condemnation because there are a lot of people listening to me that are divorced and you divorced for, I don't know the reasons, whatever your reasons, that's between you and the person that you divorced and your God. There's no condemnation in it. You know in your, in, in your own heart that God designed it for the man and the woman to be united. For whatever cause yours couldn't remain, that's your cause. Sometimes it's violence, sometimes it's cheating, but it's not inevitable that it has to end. And that's Jesus telling his audience, it's not a requirement that it has to end. It tells me that there, are, there is redeemable things in marriage, that marriages even that look like they have no chance have a chance because the law doesn't get to dictate the terms. It's also quite revolutionary when in verse 12 when Jesus talks about a woman divorcing her husband. They had to think, what is he talking about? Women don't get to divorce their husband. Well, not in a Jewish context, they didn't. And so Jesus, in some ways, is speaking ahead of his time. Matthew fleshes this out a little more, of course, and we've talked about a little bit how Matthew 19 will talk about marriage. And Jesus even mentions in Matthew's version that if a man gives, his, gives a woman a bill of divorcement, he makes her commit adultery in the the Greek there is if a man gives a woman a bill of divorce, it makes her look as if she's committed adultery because the truth is the, the adultery was the grounds for divorce. And so to divorce her um, made it look as if she had done something wrong. The bill of divorcement was actually to show that the woman hadn't done anything wrong because if she'd committed adultery, you're supposed to stone her to death. 
Uh, the bill of divorcement, I like to think, was something that showed that the man just didn't want her anymore. You, you could also say that the bill of divorcement was to show everybody that it was the man's fault, or at least he's blaming her, but he's the one who didn't want her any longer. In any case, we come at everything that Jesus says through the loving heart of the Father, which leads to one final thought, which is that Jesus, by taking them back before the law and showing them the heart of God regarding union, is showing us under the new covenant that God cannot divorce us. He doesn't have a way out of our union with him. So the church in Christ is secure. We will continue in chapter 10 tomorrow, and we will also introduce the sermon you can expect to see on Sunday on our website. We'll see you then. God bless.